Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Xander and Hanley, ESPN 1000. In the old National Bank studio on State Street, a rainy Sunday morning here downtown across from the Chicago Theater. And uh, seeing uh, last week, I think we were talking about Blondie, was in town at the theater. We were staring at the marquee, Brian, and uh, we're talking about concerts because that Foo Fighters show in London, I'm looking it up. I'm trying to get a uh, number of people there. It was a massive concert. Not an easy ticket to get. If you want to try to go to the one in L.A., I can't imagine what that's going to cost you. And thankfully, they have footage. Uh, there was a list of the way you can watch the concert last night, either live. They were streaming it. There's going to be a special on maybe CBS at some point. So there's still a way to catch what happened in London last night with uh, Foo Fighters and all the guests and stuff like that. But we we're talking about cool concert experiences. Beyond the show, maybe something that happened at the show that you saw and you had something you wanted to bring up. So this goes back 13 years. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 25th anniversary concert was over two nights, October 29th and 30th. And uh, I went to night one. I unfortunately had to fly from New York to San Antonio to cover Northwestern football <laughs> the following day. Uh, I forget even who they played. Uh, but I, I would have loved to have stayed for night two. You would have liked night two probably more than night one because it had Jeff Beck and Metallica, Ozzy oh, Osbourne, yeah. Yeah. Reed, um, and uh, Mick Jagger and the Black Eyed Peas. Night one started off, and you know they were uh, recording this for HBO, so it took. I mean, it started like six o'clock, and I th- think everyone got out of there like one thirty in the morning because between acts they would reset camera angles and stuff like that. It started with Jerry Lee Lewis playing a whole lot of shaking going on on his panel, and then he kicks the piano uh, bench and, and walks off, right? So mm. there's a legend. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, they come out and sing Woodstock, Marrakesh Express, almost cut my hair. Then Bonnie Raitt joins them to sing Love Has No Pride, Midnight Rider. Jackson Brown comes out, does The Pretender. James Taylor comes out and does a couple of Mexico and Love the One You're With. And then all, all of them stay on stage for Teach Your Children, Paul Simon comes out and he just, you know, went through a bunch of Graceland uh, stuff. And then Dion comes out and does The Wanderer with him. And then here comes Crosby and Nash back to do Here Comes the Sun. And late in the evening and little Anthony. Do you have all this written down or is this just in your mind? You know, no, exactly. no, I, I had to go back. I remember how great the, you know, like every time I'm thinking, wow, they can't get any better than that. Here comes little Anthony, the, you know, singing. And then Simon and Garfunkel together, even though they hated each other, came out and did all their classes. <laughs> right. Six of them. And they, you know, they famously they, hated each other. Oh, famous Garfunkel would always remind everyone at concerts that he wrote "Bridge Over Troubled Water" because Paul Simon had the career, right? And he had the song, <laughs> right? And then Stevie Wonder comes out and does a bunch of songs, and Smokey Robinson comes out and does. Oh, the I remember all that. Church. You saw that live, huh? I, I mean, it was BB King, Sting, Jeff Beck came out that night too. Sam Moore, Tom Morello with Springsteen and the band, John Fogerty, Darlene Love. I mean. Chicago's own Tom Morello, absolutely. He just he just slays the guitar solo on um, the Ghost of Tom Joad. I mean, you see that live, and he just it takes that song to a whole different level. But that was 
I mean, it, I was exhausted by the time I left there, and I had to get up early for a flight. But I wouldn't trade that night for the world. If I mean, you talk about rock and roll hall of famers, there they are. Oh, One absolutely. Yeah, I have not seen anything like that. Certainly been on many festivals and stuff like that, but. Uh, I think I have that DVD of the 25th anniversary. I mean, it it takes a while, but it's well worth watching over a couple nights. Oh, my, uh, you know, shows, I've been to so many. I'm I'm racking my brain for special things that happened. Went to a Rush show in 2014, and um, the uh, Stanley Cup was brought up on stage. I think it was uh, Patrick Kane showed up there. Canadian, uh, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, or no, no, yeah, it wouldn't have been Patrick Kane. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Jonathan Taves. Could be. But, yeah, uh, yeah saw that. Uh, a Sticks show in 1990 where the late John Panazzo, who played drums for Sticks, the original, he's been gone quite a long time. He actually got married on stage. Holy cow. Yeah, didn't know that was going to happen. How long did the uh, the relationship last? Was that a keeper? Uh, I I don't remember. John's yeah. been gone a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, he, so, he passed so sticks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's well. No, not really. Not technically. Now the no, sticks no, that you grew that. up with. Yeah. But sticks after they broke with Dennis has been a uh, road band every summer on tours and festivals. I have an old friend that still works with them. They've been uh, they've they been were, busy. They've been busy, they busy, just, busy every year. They were just becoming known and and had hits like Lady when like my high school prom. That was a lot of the music of high school prop, right? So, yeah, yeah, the Wood Nickel label, the early yeah. stuff from wow. Sticks, and uh, ended up ended up going to college at Columbia College and uh, took some sound engineering classes from the guy who recorded all those great albums. Wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stories there. A lot, of, yeah, a lot of lot of stories. But if you have any interesting uh, things you want to add, you know, maybe you went to a concert, you saw something on stage again, like a sporting event, you can go and then all of a sudden see something on stage you thought you would never ever see. Uh, more memories will come to me. It was uh, there's just been so many shows over so many years, but again, sometimes you could see something that is just really really unexpected. Did you ever intro the band or the the, the artist? You know, go out there and oh, say, many hey, times, many yeah. times, many times. And, and were they uh, were they friendly uh, backstage? Did they give you the time of day? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Most time, right? most time. Well, you know, I have stories of people who didn't really. I, yeah. I can remember. Uh, we've, br- uh, I think we've brought up the band The Outfield from the eighties here. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought them up. Those guys were great, and it, it's always funny when you do stage announcements. Uh, the microphones are set so they always tell you they either most times they give you in recent years they give you a cordless mic and they said this is your mic to use because they don't want you touching what is set on stage right and i can't remember i think it was uh tony the bass player for the outfield was like six eight (laughs) and they told me to talk on his mic now I'm six three, so I'm at uh, Joe's on Weed Street. I bring him on. The band was great to me, and a lot of times they'll do this thing where they say, "Say they're coming up. They're not going to be like, and here's the outfield." And then all of a sudden they start into a song. Right. That night they did, which is not usual, and they were fine. They were up there and like, hey, you know, come on up. And he stepped away from the mic. I came up and I had to stand on my tiptoes because I didn't <laughs> want to touch the mic. Three. Yeah, and now I'm six ten. three, six eight. Yeah. And so that was great. And yeah, I've had some uh, bands that didn't really give you the time of day. And and uh, I've been on stage at uh, the Shed in Tinley Park 
for Loop Fest years ago when we were all oh, part Loop of that Fest. and we're all oh, rotating, yeah. uh, introducing those all the acts. Those like 12 hours, right? Yeah, those would go on all day, all day and into the night. And those were uh, those were a lot of fun times. But I'll tell you something, getting up on stage is like, wow, there's a lot of people here. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. But yeah, I've done many, many stage intros, a lot at the House of Blues here downtown. Uh, many, many bands. Joe Satriani was great to work with. Um, I'll saw, have to kind of think of somebody. I saw him in Vegas one time, and really, that was really a good show. Really? Yeah, yeah. Satriani is a, a, a fabulous, fabulous entertainer. 312-332-3776 if you want to jump in on that. We've got uh, some other things to cover. There was something we didn't talk about yesterday that we planned to. We ran out of time. But... What is Soldier Field going to look like, whether the Bears are there or not? Chances are they won't be in, uh, you know, in the coming years. And we'll see how that all works out. But uh, Mayor Lightfoot is still trying to get their attention to stay. Likely not going to happen. But if they don't stay, what are they going to do with that place? And, Brian, you uh, had something we were going to talk about yesterday about how maybe that will live on with a dome on it for another purpose what would that purpose be yeah uh, we'll, we'll talk it's it, apparently they 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 are still hell-bent on spending two billion dollars that i don't think they have and they won't talk about how they would finance it but they think that either putting a dome on uh, soldier field or having it dome ready as they talked about putting these four pillars two on either end of the of the facility right to have a dome ready it. to put a cap on it yeah and point. they're still you know still saying that they could make that this would make sense to do it even though they know the bears are long gone i mean they're they're having a meeting on thursday night out in arlington heights to talk in general terms about the conception they have for the entire 326 or whatever it is acres out at Arlington I don't think they're going to show like here's mock-ups of our new stadium they're not there because they haven't even closed down the real estate but they're going to talk about okay we, we plan on having a concert venue over here and here's where the stadium will be and you know we're going to increase the the width of the roads whatever they're going to just have a general conversation with residents out there about what their concept for the entire project right. is without actually getting down into, well, here's where the luxury suites will be, and this is where the dome or retractable roof. I mean, you're not going to see a model, but you're, it's the first time they're actually going to be talking to anyone other than people trying to finance the but thing. But it's, or, it, it's uh, quite interesting that uh, over the summer they did put out some drawings of what Soldier Field would look like right. with a dome, and we'll get to uh, talking about that when we come back here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Great song. Brought back into the uh, the mainstream because of Stranger Things on Netflix. Yep, absolutely. Kate Bush running up that hill. It's ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley. Brian, one thing I didn't ask you when you were talking about catching that uh, that first show for the 25th anniversary of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how did you score those tickets, pal? Just uh, when they went on sale, I was ready to go, just like old school. You know, they wow. sold online and was fortunate enough. They, were, they weren't the best seats in the house. They weren't the worst seats in the house. But, but you I were in the building. And I wasn't paying. I was paying face value. I forget what it was. I mean, certainly not what you're paying these days <laughs> no, for concerts. No, right. But it was, yeah, it was... Uh, it was once in a lifetime type thing, and I, 
I had no idea what it, what it was really going to be when I got there, other than I knew Springsteen and the band was going to be there. Right. And then that thing just developed in front of me. It just took so, off. Yeah. Yep. Awesome, awesome memory. We've got uh, a lot of people stacked up on the lines here. Let's go to uh, let's go to Ross first in uh, Stager. Ross representing Stager here on ESPN One Thousand. What's up, bud? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, I was just catching your uh, your, your talk about the concerts and what have you, and I, I came in in the middle of uh, gentlemen talking about the Crosby, Stills, Nash, and, and Simon and Garfunkel. Is that is that from the Hard Rock uh, or the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, Brian was there. Yeah. Twenty mm-hmm. fifth anniversary from two thousand nine. There's a DVD out there. It's well worth it. You uh, you can probably get it online. I mean, you probably stream it too. I would think at this point. It's probably on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome, awesome bands. Uh, you were talking about Sticks. I've seen them uh, being the South Suburbs are from this this part of the uh, uh, town and stuff. Saw them a number of times in the in the eighties, and I saw them recently in Reno. And I saw Journey in, in Vegas, Ario, Speedwagon, and uh, Reno. Really good shows. Oh yeah, they're all they're if they're not playing Vegas, they're doing summer festival tours. They've been doing that for years. I remember talking to uh, thanks for the call, Ross. Remember right. talking to uh, Don Barnes of Thirty Eight Special, and uh, he said, you know what? In in these years where they're not putting out new music and they're just doing festivals, they do festivals. They get to be home sometimes uh, during the summer. They'll do a few festivals, go home. They're not doing these long tours like they used to do when their music was on the radio and they had to do all this stuff. He said it was quite nice to just kind of do the the quote-unquote oldie festival circuit. And and that's where bands, unfortunately, are they're making, making their, their money. money. Yeah, right. They, they don't get money too. from the royalties anymore. It's, they have to get out there. And and I think Journey did, did they, Lollapalooza a year ago? Was that? Uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. did. And they, yeah. you know, a bunch of, you know, parents brought their kids and uh-huh. introduced them to Journey, and there's a whole new generation. And Arnell Pineda, who is the uh, singer, yeah, who they found on YouTube, uh, is singing Journey karaoke songs in his home country of Thailand, yeah. and uh, that's how they found him. Neil Sean found him, and he he had a hard time speaking English at first, but he could mimic all the songs, and he sounds just like Steve Perry. So yeah, I saw I saw him uh, with the band at Mandalay Bay. When he first joined the band, and I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to work, but boy, that guy didn't look the part, but he sounded the part. And the energy, he's running every inch of that stage, and he's still doing it. Yeah, yeah. Dave and uh, calling us from Florida. Hey, Dave, you're on ESPN 1000 here in Chicago. What's up, bud? Dave? Okay, Dave is, uh, Dave's not here. Okay, how about Barry? In Hammond, Barry, welcome in, ESPN 1000. Yeah, I, well, first of all, with the concerts, I I was at the inaugural the inaugural uh, Chicago Open Air Fest, which had Rammstein as the Friday night uh, headline, and that was a yeah, dream one for me. Yes, <laughs> and I also I used to work at Soldier Field. Now this is a two part thing. Okay, I used to work at Soldier Field, and I got paid to listen to Metallica to make sure y'all snacks were full. Uh, and on the Father's Day show, and then two nights later, I was at Dre's nightclub in Vegas watching Collie Buds backstage. Now, the other part of the working at Soldier Field, I remember plenty of Bears-Packers games in the middle of or late December, early January, where my mustache was freezing oh, yeah. just by walking oh, around yeah. the stadium. So if oh, we yeah. put a cap on Soldier Field... Who's going to go to a concert in February with the wind whipping off the lake? Right. I mean, that's that's nuts. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thank man. you, Barry. Um, you look. Um, I'm I'm looking at the picture, and you can go online and just type in Dome Soldier Field and click on images, and you can see all kinds of artist renderings of what this would look like. Do you remember? Didn't they used to call it the mistake on the lake when they landed the spaceship? Uh, no, I think Cleveland was a mistake on the okay. lake. Okay, no, yeah. I, I think like the, I, enti- the entire city. Yeah, <laughs> well, right, 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 right. Well, yeah. no, I, I seem to remember people were kind of uh, using, uh, acquiring that uh, saying for yeah. what happened at Soldier Field. This is really, really weird looking. I get what they would try to do, but look, if it costs a couple billion dollars and you don't have a professional sports team playing there, crazy. I don't know. I, I, I have never booked. I've been involved in putting concerts together, but I certainly have never done anything on a scale like that. How many big, big shows would they have to have in that building to make it worth it for the city of Chicago to put all that money into that building? But then again, if they don't do anything to that building and the Bears leave it, what do they do with that building? I mean, Chicago Fire, how many games do they have in their season, right? I mean, that, and you don't need 63,000 seats or more. They were talking about putting them, trying to, you know, shoehorn another 10,000 or so seats in to keep the Bears there, right? And right. Bears are still like, no, thanks, too late, we're, we're out. Um, so this is the uh, City Planning Development Commissioner, Maurice Cox, talking to Fran Spielman, who's a legend at the Sun-Times, has been there forever. Mm-hmm. And and so she, she was uh, interviewing him. And asked, you know, how much of the you, you mentioned, I think, the Lori Life, what they put out three different uh, stadium designs trying to keep the Bears, but it was too late. And they're talking about two point two billion dollars worth of renovations with either a dome or retractable roof. And, and I know our caller was just referring. Um, I think the one end looks like it's an open end with one of the designs. Yep. But. I think it's glass because they also were looking at like the Minnesota uh, uh, Vikings. Right, move. if you dome something like that but leave it open, no, that, you, you can't you do that. No, you wouldn't leave it open. Like the the, the Vikings at one end has natural light coming in, mm-hmm. but it's glass. That's right? what it's this still, looks like too. Yes, right. That you, you, it would so fine does purpose. as well out in L.A. Right, but to your whole point, it's like okay. You you could get a Final Four. You're not getting a Super Bowl because the NFL is going to put that at the Bears Stadium, right? Yep. I mean that that that's a, a non-starter. So you might get something from the NCAA. I don't know how many concerts. Uh, you know, command you know, at Soldier Field. Part of the complaint about the field is, well, look, uh, you know, Elton John was there and they tore up this uh, the the field, and there were a few like. Um, bands that can command and sell those tickets but it's not a weekly thing right it might no, be you a, can't right there's a four a times few a year thing right, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so maurice cox the commissioner of plan development talked about making a 365 day a year activity good luck on that um once they put a dome or retractable roof on it but he said you know when asked about okay how are you going to finance for this and he said well you know that's pretty complex. These things are, you know, no kidding. I mean, thanks for that that insight. <laughs> thanks, for, yeah, thanks for that uh, solid answer. Because Franz Spielman's like, taxpayers aren't going to want anything to do with this, right? And they're always like, oh, we can just tax the hotel rooms and they'll pay for everything and it'll be a bunch of out-of-town people. Well, there are not enough people coming from out-of-town post-COVID. You know, that, that tax isn't even paying for the things it's supposed to pay for now, including the rate. Um, so it's, it's this, uh, you know, idea this grandoise redo without the main tenant it's not going to be a 365 uh, uh a day uh, or a year uh 
stadium or, or event center. Right. And they have wind trusts that they just, you know, put up, which tax dollars went to, and it's basically subsidizing DePaul basketball. I know the sky plays there as well. Mm-hmm. You how many how many event centers, arenas do you need within the city? I mean, I just don't think there are enough soccer friendly soccer games to come around or you know uh any you, you what would you put in there i mean it just doesn't make sense well I mean, another football team and well, i know that's opening up a whole can of worms but i mean what are you going to do with that building if you put all that money into it that's the only way that you have a chance to be able to monetize that to even okay, come close and, to breaking there's some people saying okay the bears would obviously fight Yes, they were having another. Uh, mm-hmm. But now, obviously, New Jersey has both the Giants, the New York Giants, and New, uh, New York Jets, and now you have two teams sharing that new beautiful stadium out in Los Angeles, right? In the Rams and the Chargers, um, but which Bears, is weird—a stadium share for two teams in one right. town. Can't right. get used and, to that. But I mean, there's no way the Bears are going to let that go without putting up a fight within the league. And I think 75% of the teams would have to allow another team to move if they didn't create a no, uh, another team out of whole cloth. But right? certainly, so, but certainly the city has, uh, you know, has them tied up and there could be negotiations for letting the bears go. And in turn, you know, having the bears again, it is uh, slim to none chance well, that the Bears would allow another team in in town, but okay, we're, we're so, certainly a big enough market, Brian, to have two teams. Oh, sure, sure, and uh, you know it'd be interesting if people are still upset with the Bears, but I think this new regime has got you know has got people more excited now. But the idea that you would the city would waive, okay, so the Bears could leave, break their lease in twenty twenty six, which if they break ground next year, is maybe the optimistic uh, side of the opening a stadium in twenty twenty six, but. You could. They would owe the city eighty-four million dollars to break the lease in twenty twenty-six, and each ensuing year that number comes down a bit, right? Mm-hmm. But the lease goes till twenty twenty-three. So you know, there's, some people are floating the idea. You're thirty-three. Twenty thirty-three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So some people are saying if the city waived the the penalty eighty-four million, seventy-five million, sixty million, whenever the year they actually want to get out. Um, and then the Bears have to agree not to fight them on, on attracting another NFL team. So, therefore, you would have a team in Chicago and a team, the Bears in Arlington Heights. One, I don't think the city really can waive $84 million because, you know, they just, I think the tax increases for property taxes is $47, 48000000 million this year, right? A lot of people wouldn't, they just want the Bears to write that check. And I, I think the Bears would probably want to write that check. It's probably a small price to pay to keep another team out. Absolutely. If you're going to spend two billion on the on the new stadium, eighty four million is not going to be an obstacle to keep any competition away, you know, from your geographic fan base. Yep. Yep. Hey, we're going to hit break here and come back and continue to talk about uh, the dome on Soldier Field. What would they use that place for? Could they get it done? And uh, we'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. We've got a few ESPN listeners on hold right now. We'll get to them after this on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Xander and Hanley here on ESPN 1000 until 1230. And then Dion Miller is on the pregame show today. First pitch with Connor and DJ. They will have the call here on ESPN 1000. Lucas Giolito trying to make up for the last start. And we hope he can do that so we can get that sweep done. 312-332-3776. 
at Guaranteed Rate Field. All right, we've got a couple calls, Brian, on the dome subject. Let's go to Josh in Mount Prospect. Joining us on ESPN 1000. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I got to say, um, I do not think the city needs to put a dome uh, in Soldier Field. Uh, I think what they need to do is put down uh, AstroTurf 3.0. It's a, you know almost nearly as good or better than grass. You know how some players say I like the consistency. Uh, and, and forget a year-round venue. Just aim for nine months. You'll get a couple of primo college games. Uh, you'll get maybe get a chance to have a, a frozen uh, game for hockey uh, and yeah. call it a day. And I got to mm-hmm. tell you, here's the other thing is, I live in Mount, like I said, in well, you know, Mount Prospect near Arlington Heights. Yep. It, um, and, uh, you know, we see what the Cowboys did, what they, they did, SoFi Stadium. The city cannot, cannot compete with what the expectation of a modern NFL stadium and complex is with that footprint down in the city. So, um, and uh, I got to say, last thing here is uh, I went to the first preseason game. Uh, actually, believe it or not, first game I'd ever been to at Soldier Field. And uh, I was glad there was only 30,000 people there because that place is just a disaster to get to and go to. It is. You know, Absolutely. To I was going to say, get, getting, say getting in and getting out. Who's, who's, yeah. yeah, I see that as a Cubs fan who can Absolutely. deal with the stadium, you know? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, there are challenges that they cannot get around. There's just no way. Josh, thanks for the uh, call. Maybe that's not a bad plan. Uh, You know, um, they're going to have to use the building for something once the Bears are gone. They just have to figure out what money to put in and what the use is going to be. The, the, the whole idea of $2 billion with an if-come of a second football team, you can't, you know, you will if you build it, they will come. Well, if they don't come, then what happens? You're I'm, right. I'm with that's Josh. exactly right. Yeah. You know, you've know, you been there, Mark. Even if you take public transportation, now you have to get from the, the CTA station or the bus and walk a mile and a half through the campus museum. And if you're driving, good luck. I mean, if you don't leave at the end of the third quarter, and this you're going is to get nothing home. that they can solve without just no, just no, redoing all of that. I mean, there's just no. there's just no way. They already there's moved no Lakeshore Drive for. You know, years ago, they'd have to do that again. It would be a major, major project. So they're going to have to figure out again what to use it for. Jarwin is on the road, wants to jump in on ESPN 1000. Hey, Jarwin. Uh, Jarwin, sorry. Uh, thank you for taking my call, guys. Yeah. I certainly appreciate your blend of sports and music throughout my car ride today. Oh, right on. Okay, uh, I live in Naperville. I was actually at Soldier Field last night for the Rammstein show, and I hope to God they don't put a dome on the stadium because what they did last night would never be able to be done again. They brought their European show to the U.S. after years of delays, and that's something that Soldier Field in this community would never get to experience again from any artist. So having something big like that would be put on, you know, hold or off to the side and never happen because of a dome. And frankly, driving from Naperville into Chicago last night, like your previous caller said, there were thirty to 40,000 people there last night. It was hell. I we sat guess. in parking lot on the highway on Lakeshore Drive, and my friend who lives at the hip drove down, and he sat in a parking lot coming from the north side. So logistically, sure. there's nothing they can do to make that place better. Oh, and by the way, my drive was 25 minutes to Arlington Heights today. And that land looks beautiful right now compared to what I did last night. Well, yeah, you know, you're right. I, I to to get to uh, Bears games, I would often find uh, a, a place in the South Loop to park 
on the street blocks away and just know that I was going to walk two miles and figured I'd get my exercise in. That's the only way hey, I don't you, go crazy. Can you educate me about that? I know Fred Hubner's wrong. Oh, you know, Fred Hubner oh. must have had his shirt off at that show. He must have been yeah. so excited. But why, so why would a dome have prevented Oh, all the Ronstein pyro and everything, from, right? Okay, so, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Educate yeah. me to, to what it... They literally had a stand on the north end zone that went all the way up into the upper deck. They had an elevator that they built into the set to be able to take a DJ up and down, take themselves up as they were ending the show. There was pyro that shot so high. I'm surprised, you know, any plane going Past the roof line for sure. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. there's no way that would happen with a dome on there. All right. Uh, Thank you for letting us know about... uh, that I never really considered. I never really considered that because, you know, going to all the concerts I have, I really should have. But you're right. It is unique in that way to be allowed to allow for a show like that. Now, I've seen Metallica at Soldier Field and I've seen some other acts at Soldier Field where, yeah, what what other what other venue around here would accommodate? But the point, again, is are they going to be able to attract enough activities outside of football once the Bears leave Soldier Field that they are going to be able to monetize it for the city and what do those improvements look like to be able to make that more attractive for those activities, Brian? It, and Mark, and I'm looking at one of the renderings uh, in the Sun-Times and I count four levels of luxury suites that really aren't, I mean, you don't need that for 30,000 uh, seat concert uh, shows, right? I mean, that those are those are pretty much specific to, uh, look, I, I know a lot of people like going to the concert and have the dessert cart pull up to the right. luxury suite, but they're not really watching. They're, they're not, you know, they're, those, they're, are not, those are not, the, that's a social gathering. Part. Those, those right. are not the real, real music fans, especially because of the cost of something like that. We've got Tom that we want to grab before. We get into break here. Tom and Lyle, you're on ESPN 1000. Yeah, I think they should just uh, build a pier off of there and convert it to a casino. I mean, have have an entertainment venue and a casino. I mean, rather than... That might be your best bet. I like that. Build, build a whole, you know, thing they're talking about. Tom, thank you for that. You know, you know what, that that's a solid idea, too. They're going to have to figure something out, Brian. That's for sure. We've got a new feature we want to do on the show. We're going to hit break here, come back, and, uh, you know, we're going to take care of something for you all that you don't have to do yourself. We'll do the heavy lifting. That's after this on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Wait, oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, wait, hey, 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 Mr. Bozeman. Mr. Bozeman, look and see. Oh yeah. All right, we've got a brand new feature here. <laughs> please, please, Mr. Yeah? Yeah. Brian, you like that? Was that I approved? like that. Yeah, Does the editorial board approve that? The oldies, I like it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah we, really we're really good. real old, old. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, actually, too. Linda Ronstadt did a version of that too. Many people did, but uh, yeah. you know, can't go wrong with the Beatles. Nope, never ever go wrong with the Beatles. Yeah. All right, so Brian, uh, we're reading post stories for people so they don't have to. Yeah, we read the New York Post so you don't have to, and and you know, you can go look and see that uh, by the Anthony Rizzo, by the way, got an epidural. His back is barking again. We, you know, we used to see that pretty much on a yeah. An we've seen basis that in a movie before. Yeah, 
So, you know, and by the way, the Yankees lost again. They're only three up in the uh, lost column with Tampa bearing down on them. So they're in free fall. But, you know, you could go there for the sports, but stay for the uh, salacious stories because there are headlines all over the New York Post that catch your uh, attention. Um, This one, Mormon mom told to, quote, choose nudes or church, end quote, after OnlyFans exposed. You see, see what they did yeah, there? Yeah, I, I, very creative writing. You come from that school, too. <laughs> yeah, sure. Is God on her side? Question mark. A Mormon mom who makes almost $500,000 a year on OnlyFans, half a million, think about that, mm-hmm. was given an ultimatum, stop sharing the nudes or leave the church. Holly Jane, 39, went public with her erotic account earlier this month, uh, saying she was nervous for fellow members of the Church of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to find out about her kinky, clandestine career. Sure enough, one media-savvy Mormon, why were, why were you doing this, discovered the news story about Jane and immediately snitched on her. Yep. They told the bishop about my OnlyFans career. The mom of three told uh, the Cham Press, saying she was subsequently summoned to a meeting with a high-ranking uh, church official. Quote, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for the meeting. I was caught off guard. Now, what do you think they were going to talk to you about? <laughs> right. You yeah. get called down to the principal's office. Yeah. yeah. And there's I, one thing and one reason for that. I didn't say much, but I did confirm that I am a nude model. I was told that I had to choose between my membership with the church and only fans and that uh, what I'm doing doesn't align with the values of the church. Now, think about it. She's making half a million a year. Where, where do you think she's landed on this decision? That's a no-brainer, yeah, right? Exactly. Right, exactly. Oh, and you know there was a third option. I understand that they uh, they also said, or you offer a discount to those in the congregation <laughs> to, your, or, to your website. How about a 20 percent tithing uh, to the church, <laughs> or, or that, or yeah. that? And you know what? She's making more money now because since this story oh, came yeah. out, you know how many people in that congregation didn't check this out. Well, not all that. The, the some post research. has like research. post has like four pictures of her. So, um, the defiant Mormon mom insists she's done nothing wrong, and she's not about to choose between porn and prayer. I'm still attending church and was in attendance last Sunday with my children, but I'm being frozen out. No one came up to me after the service, which is very unusual. But despite facing judgment, she said she's going to continue with her life and continue to attend her church. But she's also going to continue with OnlyFans. So, well, you, you know what? Look, um, she's kind of doing God's work. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, wrong. Was it right church? Wrong pew? I, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, yep. Yeah, that's uh, I, I actually saw that story, too. That's uh, yeah. you know what? Look, you make that kind of money. It's hard to choose. It's Ooh, hard to choose. Five hundred thousand. All righty. Well, let's let's continue down this train or plane. Um, because a pilot threatened to end flight due to airdrop nudes. So I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with the airdrop feature on the Apple. I, I am. All right. Yeah. yeah, you can airdrop photos, contacts, just stuff to, to send stuff quicker. With, now, with, with and, and people who receive it have to accept it. And have to, it's exactly. not just shoved into yeah. people's phones. So right. you'll get an alert. This actually happened to me. I, I was waiting in a, a, a Disney uh, world ride and someone was trying to airdrop me stuff while i was waiting in line obviously gonna decline it and i think you, you can get a little preview of it well here's what the pilot had to say uh to those passengers um while they were waiting uh to take off 
is a deal. This continues while we're on the ground. I'm going to have to pull back to the gate. Everybody's going to have to get off. We're going to have to get security involved. Oh, and it's vacation that's going to be ruined. So you folks, whatever that airdrop thing is, quit sending naked pictures. Let's get yourself to Cabo. <laughs> to Cabo? To Cabo, yeah. They're going to Cabo. Of course it was naked pictures too, right? I mean, it's just... Right. Yeah. So you just, I've never done this, Jake. So the airdrop, you just, you can randomly, is it just people within a certain distance of you can accept this? Is so that- as long as you have your Bluetooth on, yep. yeah. you can, like your, it'll say like Brian's iPhone. Mm-hmm. is in the area. And right, you just can like a Wi-Fi. When, yeah. when you okay. look at Wi-Fi, the same thing. And I've done this around the holidays, sharing pictures with uh, people in the family, my kids or whatever. They, they're like, Dad, you could airdrop it. It's like, okay, how to do that? And they showed me. And uh, pretty simple stuff. You would think that this, the whoever this was would just wait until they're on the ground in Cabo. You can share all kinds of pictures on the beach and get not get kicked off the beach. But when you're on a plane doing something like that, you're begging for trouble, and I don't understand people who fly and do stupid things like this. And the post doesn't say, but I assume I, I'd assume that it one was sent to the pilot. You know, he's just checking yeah, his phone right. before. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and my question is, why are you on the phone, pilot? I can't be on my phone while I'm driving. You're flying, people. <laughs> Get off your damn phone. I'd imagine just you're about to take off, and they just turn that plane around. Do you because think the person photos. who do you think the person who dropped the airdrop that was ugly and if it had been really hot he might have just gone ahead and flown <laughs> to Cabo? Was that an editorial comment? We just hey, put that in, might have, that may have been. Is that allowed? Maybe yes. okay. put in an autopilot. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I got to be over back. <laughs> Mile High Club in the back. I've got one for you guys. This is ridiculous. A Canadian-based jeweler claimed that she creates necklaces and bracelets from. Something collected from her clients. Anybody wants to uh, uh, guess on that? Something collected from her clients from their spouses. I found it. So, Brian, you have to guess. Okay. So she's a Canadian-based jeweler. Yeah, that creates necklaces and bracelets from something sent to her by clients for their spouses. So, you know, Mary collected something from her husband, sends it in, and wants it part of being made uh, into jewelry for her. Hair? No. No. Yes, this is fabulous. Clay sculptor and a jeweler, Amanda Booth, revealed last month she started making what she calls jizzy jewelry. Oh, for the love of God. In 2021, after somebody commented on one of her TikToks asking whether she ever considered using man stuff in her creations. After (gasps) making a half-joking post about the request, people started requesting this on social media. Come again? uh, 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 Thank you. Um... So what happens is they get this stuff sent to them in the mail, okay? In the but mail, oh, in the, the mail, postman. And, 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 postman. Uh, right, right, uh, and and you know, what, once this is what's very nice. When, once you're once you put this in the mail and it's a certain day, you know, days old, maybe it's summertime, that can't smell too good. So uh, they have to deal with the smell because there is a smell. Obviously, the semen must be dehydrated and powdered, then added to wearable clay beads and trinkets. And they are making money on this and getting requests left and right. So the next time you see a lady who is wearing something unique and maybe you ask them about that, maybe you don't want to ask too many many questions. Maybe maybe it's one of those things. It's like, I'm sorry I asked. Wow. Jizzy jewelry. Jizzy jewelry. That thing real? You got to ask them. You got to test it. (laughs) 
testing. How what? do you test that? No, how, how do you test <laughs> gold? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, get a DNA kit, a DNA uh, test kit, and oh, uh, yeah, oh, that's that is just too weird. I mean, that to me, we've all heard of people using breast milk in recipes. I'm still not over that. I've and never that, heard of that one. That, you've never heard of that? No, that's oh news to my me. god! Oh yeah, yeah, you know what? We'll get. Uh, you know what? One day the Post will write about that, and we yeah. will read about that, so wow. you don't have to. Oh, Lord. Yes, it's a thing, Brian. Not for me, but it's a thing. Okay. All right, ESPN 1000. We've got Scott Merkin coming up, talking, getting back to sports. Oh, okay. Um, we've got, uh, well, well, we'll just start talking about the, uh, we'll uh, reset the White Sox here. Uh, we, we've had some near misses on trying to get some, some guests on this morning, and that's okay. We will take your phone calls about the White Sox and set up the game today. We've got Lucas Giolito on the mound, and we got to go for a sweep, Brian, because that's the way to keep this thing going. It has been quite a nice surprise, and again, uh, I don't think we're dead yet. Not yet. Not dead yet. Not, not dead, dead yet. yet. Keep, no. Don't stop now, boys. No, do not. It's ESPN 1000 back in two. I'm not dead.